be doing a lot of wiggling and is euthanasia. Probably. Oh, I need Wait, to get... are we recording now? We are now. It's I just turned it on to have it on so I didn't have to do it later. Okay. I'll cut this out because I'm about to say I do want to try LSD. I changed my mind on that. I would love to do it again, but I, really I can't do want to find try it. To. Yeah. Do you have any you more just... of these pumpkin or these jackos? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: LSD is a very misconstrued yeah. drug. It, the bad things can happen on it, but not if you know what you're doing. Like, well, I I think that my opinion on that's changed a bit too. I don't think there's a bad trip as much as there are challenging trips. The only way it goes bad is if you are not doing it correctly by putting yourself in a bad situation like a party drug and trying to do it like a party drug because well, I don't think it's a party drug. <laughs> Cognitive Contortions is a podcast. Think about what podcast. the world really is. There is podcast. very podcast. minimal difference between the Cognitive. air that you're breathing and the fucking like solidness of that wall. Yeah. When you think of the entire world as just podcast. this big soup podcast. of material yeah. and then do acid and look at the big soup of material it is a it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> like contortions is a. Play. If I have to live out my full life, if I have to live out my, full <laughs> it doesn't. Life. It doesn't end by us getting I mean, sucked into a if black your life hole. Ends now that's your full life. Like or, I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> that's like throwing something through the air. How else would you fucking throw it? You don't understand it until you try it. Yeah. And having a bad trip isn't always a bad thing. Like, yeah, it that's what I'm saying. On, it's not a bad, it's a challenging. It depends on how you interpret it at the end. Like, if you don't learn anything from it, you're probably mm-hmm. not going to do acid again. But if you look, like, the whole point of it is an introspective experience. Mm-hmm. And most bad trips are trying to show you something in your real life. Yeah. It's all coming from somewhere. Yeah, that's a whole other thing that I think that's definitely why... when you're on, you and I need to fucking somebody, probably you, Aaron, might be interested, though. I know he's not really into psychedelics, but that's what? a whole. Psychedelics in general, I want to talk about. There's there's so much crazy. Well, how come Mexico, man? I would love to go someday. I'm down to talk about it. It's not something you can no, really No, but it, it's describe. so hard there's... to explain. Like, the... For me, the reason I like doing it so much is the overwhelming feeling of, like, pure joy mm. Yeah, that com- seems to come from, like, your spine, like, somewhere inside of you that you haven't seen ever, like, the, is uh, radiating. bottle opener? No. Thank you. <laughs> is yeah. radiating, like, pure <laughs> childlike innocence, and it's fucking an amazing experience, so and there's, it's very therapeutic. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I, about it that uh, I think, too, is... The, the argument for me t- for trying it isn't so much because of... There's there's therapeutic aspects to it 100%, but I, I think for me, at least, the reason I would say that like Trip people, balls. people should have at least one... Not every single person, but I think most people should have at least one experience of some kind or another is because it... Personally, I think it genuinely taps into... Uh, it helps with perspective. Yeah. yeah. Where you belong in the universe, because I think it genuinely... God. It's as likely as not that it potentially taps into what is literally another dimension of our reality. Well, that, it, that you can visualize I and mean, see. I mean, that's essentially what it is. So schizophrenics yeah. lack a certain filter in their brain mm-hmm. that makes sense of all of the madness that is actually around us. And LSD blocks the same receptor. And it psilocybin shows, and... Yeah. Uh, I think it's mainly just those two any kind of any kind of psilocybin or yeah psilocybin similar it, but yeah the, the it just it shuts off the receptor of your brain that takes in all the information and the, turns um, it into something that makes sense to you is it the pituitary part sure, of the prefrontal yeah. it's the prefrontal but it's the yeah. specifically the pituitary i think that it filters the the not needless but the extra information so, so it's that that like hippie bullshit of like it's just <clears> like <throat> you see the world unfiltered man but it That's really kind of accurate yeah, yeah. When you, it slows down that, that. Think about what filter. the world really is. There is a very minimal difference between the air that you're breathing and the fucking like solidness of that wall. Yeah. It's just the arrangement of the atoms. Yeah. When you think of the entire world as just this big soup of material. Yeah. And then do acid and look at the big soup of material. It is, it is a <laughs> soup of material. Fantastic. <laughs> like it's and the the crazy part too. Certain it's not big stuff because I, I haven't been messing with it enough. But there's certain things like certain aspects of uh, the world around me that really catch me on shrooms. Like uh, one of the days I was tripping or whatever, I was in the backyard, <clears throat> just legit like laying back and just kind of staring up at the sky, and it was a nice, bright, sunny, windy day and. The fucking wind made the the leaves and the trees just kind of sway and move, but because of that that like slowing down 
of information coming in so I could absorb more. It turned into like this crazy, almost never ending seeming geometric fucking kaleidoscope of leaves just dancing in the breeze. It looked fucking wild. If yeah. I like go out now because I'm aware of it and just kind of like half focusedly stared at the same spots, certain areas, I can kind of re envision that, that, that visual aspect of it. Cause it's not that it wasn't there. It's always so, been there. I've yeah. just never actually fully that's, absorbed it. That's the thing with, uh, like, people always talk about acid flashbacks. That's what they're talking about. Like, right. once you see it, it never really goes away. Yeah. Like, I still in my room, when I look at the ceiling, it's, like, kind of like the ceiling of school, where it's all, like, tiled and fucking, like, bubbles and shit. Yeah. I see a move, even totally sober. Yeah. Like, that... It fades over time, like it's not all the time now, but in certain situations, under the right light or the right conditions, I'll look at it and I still see it clear as day, like it's just bubbling and moving around and changing shapes. Mm -hmm. It's certain things just kind of stick with you, and I think that's what kind of draws people away from it. If you have a bad experience and certain things like trigger that... Yeah, see, that's the part that's kind of terrifying But that's so rare. Because I like... That's the thing is, I like what you're saying about like the trees. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying, like if I'm laying in bed about to go to sleep and I look up, I'm just like, it's not like that <laughs> though. Please stop. It's because, not that. It's because yeah, of no. the feelings attached to it. So, yeah. for and, the listeners and, at home, and that's the other, that's the <laughs> other thing is that, you know, you said like the people that have a bad trip that it's because of, it's all about perspective and it's trying to show you something, and I just feel like. Whatever it would be trying to show me would not be a good time. Here's the thing. I don't think... I think everybody, in the sense that you said everybody should try a psychedelic at least once, I think everybody should have that otherworldly, like, kind of spiritual experience at least once. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to come from a psychedelic, because people reach that from meditation and certain types of yoga and shit like that. Yeah. Whatever your path is, is your path. So anyway, if you're doing acid for your first time, try shrooms first. And if you only have access to acid, microdose. Do a half tab before you do a full tab. You can spread them out however much you need to. I recommend a week at least. And this is why I think psychedelics aren't supposed to be fun. They're not a a party drug. It's because you can't... You can't do something that is literally supposed to rip your consciousness from your brain and show you a quick, like, whirlwind tour of reality from a different perspective that you aren't physically able to comprehend at a party. Like, that's not... You don't want to be at a rave and looking at the universe through your asshole. That's not how this works, right? I totally agree. I don't understand how people use acid as a part... As, like something to go do and then go out yeah and that's me it's such an introspective and like personal experience that i can't imagine like i have talked to other people while on acid and it's the most uncomfortable situation (laughs) i've ever been in my life yeah it's it's very much a uh my fucking uber delivery driver handing me my food through the door and i open it and i'm just looking at him with like pupils as big as my face (laughs) and he can see that i'm high and yeah i can see that he knows that i'm high and i'm just like yeah. Go back to your car and yeah. <laughs> yeah, like one of the one of the times uh I did shrooms I went to uh the museum because it's free and it's amazing and it's it's so beautifully made that every time you walk into another room you literally feel like you walked into another reality I because think it's you so, told me this story. Yeah. But when we went in uh, the first time we ever went there doing this, because we've, we've got a, a person, a friend of mine I went with, I'm not going to say who in case this does get us in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody's got to bail me out of jail. Text it to me. Was it me? No. All right. <laughs> Wait, never... Wouldn't you know? <laughs> you, you would remember. But no, we went, and like the first time we went through like the main... painting for 35 minutes. <laughs> the, the Baltimore Museum of Art, we went through like the main doors... So nobody's, there's like a security guard, but nobody gives a shit. Well, the second time we went, we went through like the actual entrance entrance of the little like fake city looking thing on it. So there's like greeters there Uh and we were tripping. Like it was heavy (laughs) tripping. My eyes were visibly tripping. Were the greeters real? Yes. Okay. It was a sweet little old lady telling us, like, here's some paper hearts you can put out. You, you drop the paper heart at your favorite art piece of artwork, and we collect it, and then we'll announce it later. Just telling us all that. this. Telling us all this. There were cute... no hearts. No, it was real because we'd gone when we were sober, and they were there. We were like, what the fuck are these about? And then she Except told us. Except that we this like, time, oh. the hearts 
they, you never ran out, right? There's just hundreds of them. <laughs> but it was it was mostly just like this You're woman just ripping keeps, pieces off. <laughs> this woman keeps talking to me, and it's clear that my eyes are nothing but black pupil, oh, and yeah. I need to fuck off right now, please. And she kept talking, and it was like, please stop, please stop. The rest of the experience was amazing because you'd like go up to a picture of like boats and they're fucking sw- like oh, yeah. they're actually moving through the waves and you can like see it's the like wind It's like Harry blowing. Potter pictures when it's you crazy. look at real. Yes, it is. Dude, it literally is. It seriously like it's amazing. acid is exactly the same way. Well, acid's a little bit more intense. Like shrooms, you might look at a picture and be like, "Oh, that's yeah. fucking." Awesome. It's like Harry Potter. You know, they're moving around. Yeah. The people are interacting. Acid, you might look at the picture and see some something that totally isn't there. <laughs> like <laughs> you'll see people moving around, and then there's like a fucking elf and jacking off. Yeah. The background and you're like what the fuck what the fuck and then you pay attention to the people again and they're like naked and fucking like beating the shit out of each other and you're like what is happening and you look do, away do and you out of the picture and then pull you into it uh only after five tabs <laughs> yes but that's like that's heroic doses the... i would i and the, here's here's something else to keep in mind too that i didn't even know until recently <clears throat> just a fun fact um they're like not only are they not addicting because they're not physically addicting, the, the experiences themselves, even whether they're good or T-Rex hands bad, meaning challenging, they push you to, like, yeah. introspect. The, the experience itself is always so harrowing, you really don't want to do it again. And at least for yeah. psilocybin mushrooms, um, there's no point in doing it again for at least two weeks because it, it takes that long. Your body adapts so quickly. It's not like alcohol or weed where your tolerance takes a little bit of time. It's mm. it's literally like I threw all this in and now I have a tolerance. I have to wait two weeks before yeah, the tolerance drops. Yeah, acid's exactly the same way. You build a tolerance yeah. so fast, which is amazing to me because the half-life yeah. on those two drugs alone, so, uh, like psilocybin mushrooms mm-hmm. and LSD, it, it's only in your system for three days. Yeah. But acid it, is even less. Acid yeah. is undetectable after two days. Uh, mushrooms, I think it's three days. Not that anyone's testing for it anyway, because you yeah. basically have to do a spinal tap for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I think there's there's just a lot to be said for it. I have not even done a like heavy, 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 heavy dose of anything yet. All my mushroom stuff has been like pretty the most I've ever taken was an eighth. And that was in that was that was a whole day. Yeah. And it was intense. I, but I it still wasn't recommend. even like enough to technically quote unquote like break through yeah. you know, to the other the other reality. Because psilocybin's the least reliable for that. But it, it is still I think it if nothing else it does kinda like we talked about earlier, it sort of like allows your brain to maybe not fully comprehend but to uh perceive yeah. more of what's actually going on. Because that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, there's shit that's there's shit that happens that you look at that you're like, well, that actually makes sense. Like, even to me, just the, just the idea of, like, walls having, like, a little bit of a warble or, like, a wave or, like, a tremor to them. It makes sense that, like, if you, like you were saying about how there's barely any difference between us and the fucking wall over there other than, like, a very specific set of chemistry. Yeah. Like, yeah. certain genetic makeup. You're made of the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> when you get to, like, the tiny, tiny, tiny molecular level, like... That fucking solid table isn't a solid table. It's Absolutely. just a shit ton of atoms moving really, 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 really fucking fast. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that, like, if we're sitting here, if we if we were all tripping on mushrooms looking at this table right now, we'd probably see it kind of going, moving and waving. And it makes sense, like, well, what if it, how is it, how can we prove or how, why would it be shocking to assume that maybe if literally the part of your brain that's filtering all that bullshit out is yeah. slowed down, what if, what if that fucking movement is literally just us observing the molecular level yeah. doing what it does, even if it's only a little bit? Because that's the other part is it's reality is the best interpretation our mind can come up with, right? So even those waves, it's like we're seeing a little bit more, but it's still our brain trying to fill in the gaps. So instead of literally seeing the molecular moving constantly, we just see the wall sort of waving because it's the best interpretation of what we're actually seeing that our brain can give us for us to be able to survive in the environment. To to be responsible, I'd like to add something for the Mm. listener at home who may Mm -hmm. be inspired by our our drug use. Don't don't do psychedelics unless it's with Joey P. You don't need more than, I'd say, even three tabs. If you do three tabs, you're on a different fucking planet. I wouldn't even. Past that, you are... Entering parts of your mind where you're not going to know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's where you start to lose your grip on what is real. Yeah. The biggest thing to remember before you do any of this is to not do it 
period. Not do it. Not, to, to not, not do it. Just not do it. <laughs> just do it's, it. Do it properly. somewhere. Do it somewhere safe. Do it with somebody who's done it before. <laughs> yes. Do it with somebody who is responsible, who's done it before, and do it somewhere safe. And do it with a reverence. Like know that going in, what it's the the biggest thing it's going to do is it's not. It's not weed or or alcohol. It doesn't make you feel good without inhibition or anything. It literally kind of gives you a detachment from yourself in a way that allows you to process emotion and thought and feeling differently. So in a way, it's therapeutic, but if you're in an environment that doesn't allow for the potential, it doesn't always do this, but if, if mushrooms or LSD or molly or anything takes you down a certain road where you need you to process to to. emotions... Yeah, you, you, you need to go with it. it. Yeah. If you don't go with it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be a fight. Because but you need to be in a situation going in where you're not going to be like, hey, buddy, I, I got some shit to deal with, and they're going to be like, I'm just trying to rave right now. Like, you, <laughs> no, you can't do that shit. You need to, you need to be in a place where you know, the, worst case scenario, or worst case scenario, I can go into my room and I'll be safe. Like, you right. need the some kind of control. The best advice I've ever heard, and this is from the person who sold me acid the first time ever, and I told them, like, this is the first time I'm ever doing this. What, Dude, what's your you advice? Did you do it by yourself the first time? I did, actually. Jesus Christ. I'm a brave man. <laughs> but it was, uh, I'm not going to say her name, but it was a girl I worked with, and she had talked about the experiences and talked about psychedelics, and she knew I smoked weed, so she was like, why don't you give it a try? Like, just, she didn't give me the same advice that I give people. She gave me a whole tab for my first time. <laughs> but um, she said, you know, it's a trip, so treat it like a trip. Mm. Plan accordingly. Mm. Like, I like that. And yeah. that's probably the best advice you can give. I uh, I truly believe there is something else to... There's something bigger going on with yes. psychedelics. Yes. I think drugs in general, to be honest. The the chemistry of your brain yeah. has, at least in my mind, some significance outside of just a physical reaction to something. Yeah. It's too <clears throat> introspective and telling of yourself to not be a tool for something. And depending on the, the, the drug... Um, <clears throat> it's too consistent. Oh, absolutely. Like when you get into when you get into things, especially like we talked about DMT a little bit earlier. You know, <clears throat> but DMT and ayahuasca are like weirdly consistent. Yeah. Like some of the shit people have said. There was um, oh fuck, what was that guy's name? I can I can never remember his name. But there was a one of the few people who ever got like an actual full in depth approved study of uh, DMT past and the, the idea was to investigate the therapeutic right. aspects of it the problem is there are none they're really so that that's I mean, why there was one really really good study done and nothing else but what he noticed was not any therapeutic benefits but he did notice that i think it was like 80 to 90 percent of his test subjects reported eerily similar uh reactions responses and um environmental interactions like most of them responded to in dmt trips responded to like uh, and it wasn't just like taking a hit which normally if you if you do it if you inhale it through inhalation it's like a 15 to 20 minute journey yeah uh he was doing it intravenously so he was able to like sustain the trip for like an hour or something like that and they reported entities some kind they couldn't describe what it was because it wasn't like a person or a physical being it was just a presence that they were aware of that wasn't them that was communicating to them that wanted to talk to them most of them reported being told things like we're so happy you're here we're glad you've discovered this technology so we can communicate better what the fuck are you coming back and i we have things to teach you and like most of them most of these people had these communications and most of them also said that they they got a sense of like some of the entities were were bad. Some of them were kind of out to fuck with you, but most of them were just like nice, like like humans. How most of us are fine. We're okay. If you really dig down to somebody deep down, they're probably okay. They don't they don't want they don't want you just to die. But there's enough shitty ones that it makes everything look bad. Yeah, it's that. They they kept having that kind of experience. Most of them felt like they were being taught something, like taught a language or a way to communicate, like they were being huh. initiated into a higher form of consciousness. On kind of that. there's something there because it's it's consistent across yeah. the board, and it's not just DMT. It's ayahuasca, which is it's it's DMT uh, done orally <clears throat> with a lot of extra steps to it. But what do you guys know about uh, sensory deprivation, deprivation chambers? Yeah, yeah, I've tried it. 
Yeah? It's neat. I've not, but I've heard amazing shit about it. I've heard that it's extremely good for your body and your mind. How was it? So I, so I did it in uh, Texas. There was like a place that you could go and basically you lay like, you kind of float in a kiddie pool. Like if you stop floating, like make yourself sink, you, your head is still above water. <laughs> like yeah. you're not going to yeah. drown if you fall asleep or whatever. <clears throat> Mm. Um, and they tell you, you know, you might fall asleep. It's okay. Like, we'll come get you after however much time. Your sense of time out the fucking window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you're kind of aware and just kind of like <clears throat> figuring it out for the first probably 15 minutes. I'm speculating on time. But I remember you're laying in water. It's all completely black because you're in like this pod type deal. Uh, you can't hear anything except like, the, your own movement through the water and then after a while if you relax enough which is the point you can almost hear your own blood like you can mm-hmm. hear your heartbeat you can hear your blood rushing through your veins you can hear like your lungs take ex- inhaling and exhaling like just minute awareness of your own being yeah and then you just kind <clears throat> of i don't know it's not like a drug it, it's just like you well, kind of float away into your own thoughts and thinking and it's almost like dreaming but being awake at yeah. the same time and it feels like forever but it's only like an hour. Huh. To be fair, well, the uh, it's, real, real yeah. quick. <clears throat> you said if you like sink underwater you're still yeah. like your head's still your above water. Your legs will go under but like I don't know. So while you're floating like do you is it feel like you're kind of suspended? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the, I think the idea is it's a solution that's made. It's like salt and water yeah, mixed. It, so it's like the Dead Sea. Like your body can't sink. Yeah. So you can, you can go 100% limp, but your body physically will not sink. That's the point. Exactly. That it's supposed to okay. suspend you in space. Like you're okay. supposed to have... It's, it's supposed to, If it's done correctly, it's basically your body temperature too. It's supposed to match that. So oh. the idea is that it... I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Yeah, the, if, if you get a really good one, it's supposed to be set to like 96 point whatever. Like your your body temperature as close as it can emulate. So the idea is that it literally cuts off all senses. So even physical feeling and visuals and sense, you're supposed to not have it. It's supposed to literally cut everything but your mind off. Yeah. So you can fall into full consciousness. And that's, it's a way for, uh, if you do that, your body just kind of keeps up its motory functions but it's it's a very uh, therapeutic way to one clear your mind and to help your body to kind of like the inversion table how it pulls and lets your spine separate yeah it's that but naturally there's yeah. no gravity involved it just lets your body fully fucking collapse into uh, i kind relaxation. of like imagined that i was on the bottom of the ocean <laughs> like yeah. just really yeah. dark and i could like you start to have i wouldn't call them auditory hallucinations but you have like Things that you know are coming from your mind, but you can all like you'd swear you heard them or yeah. whatever. That's actually a common report. From yeah, that, I think it yeah. was like I could hear whale noises after That's a while. What I was thinking is, and you I were gonna see like, whales. I, I don't know. It was like <clears throat> some super heightened form of meditation, like the awesome. ultimate meditation. <clears throat> Would really too. like to do that. This has been a very educational I episode. Think it has. I've been trying to give good advice to. Now, real quick, at home. fill us in on life on Venus so we Venus. can call this an evening. So, <laughs> Give the listeners what we promised. <laughs> there was some fucking telescope that can measure atmospheric content that was built oh. recently. And we started using it as a search specifically for life on other planets because we realized, well, there are going to be chemicals in the atmosphere that aren't produced by anything but fucking life. Phosphine oh, being a strong one of them. The only process we know that creates phosphine is microorganisms, like the way they exhale, basically. Mm. And in our just dumb fucking luck, went pointed at Venus, and Venus has an outstanding amount of phosphine in its atmosphere. Oh my god! But the con- like atmospheric conditions and the proximity to the sun and billions of other things yeah. about Venus make it so there shouldn't be any there. It should deteriorate so fast that it's gone almost instantly yeah. which means there has to be something there that is creating it as quickly as it is being destroyed i got it it's a f- you know uh what are they uh tardigrades water bears uh tardigrades. basically yeah 
It's it's billions of tardigrades. Well, that's that's it's, it's got to be what it is. It's got to be something like that because they're the only thing that could survive that shit, right? The theory is somewhere in the upper atmosphere there are probably tardigrades okay. living in the vapor where it's just cold enough for not something space, to survive. Not exactly <laughs> planet. Fuck. So they, it's probably microorganisms living in the atmosphere of Venus yeah. that are creating it. Uh, tardigrades for Tyler, because I feel like he's, and the listener at home, it's basically, picture a bear, right? Now, shave it down and remove all defining features. So it's just a blobby, fleshy, pink organism with yep. a little bit of yep. an anteater. I know what you're talking about. It, it's they what can the kid live... initially drew for the state of California. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they can, they can, <laughs> uh, they can They're like, live... this is weird, just make it a bear. Yeah. They can, they can live for like, thousands hundreds of thousands of degrees above or below fahrenheit they can live hundreds of years without food they can live decades without oxygen they can live centuries without water they're they're like the most indestructible thing they're microscopic but they are a testament to the resilience of life in some form so that's the only thing that's why i said tardigrades what the fuck else would live there exactly so they're just floating in the atmosphere they they live wherever the fuck they want they're just all goddamn over yet the, there's probably tardigrades all up your dick. Now there's... Not up it, but on it. Hopefully. Of course, NASA <laughs> immediately was like, well, Venus isn't that far. It's closer than Mars. Let's just go fucking check. And <laughs> Russia's response was, it's our planet. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because during the space race, they... Uh, they went there first. The first... Damn. Before we had any actual uh, space agreements or laws or anything, I'm pretty sure the very first interplanetary thing that was ever landed was landed by uh, the cosmonauts from Russia onto Venus. Just a just a drone that landed real quick to take a picture and then basically blow up. Yeah, uh, But it... they landed and they claimed it. And yeah. then after that we went, oh, fuck yeah, oh, I guess it's like the new world. We can't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, rest of the world, they can't do that, right? Like, well, they did. Yeah, but they can't anymore, right? Like, <laughs> Venus is worthless, but let's get in on this shit before they get the moon. <laughs> and, but, uh, then, and then during the space races when we were like, okay, you can't have, you can't claim territory in space. Um, but it wasn't until after they set the precedent that what if you could? I, Damn. And it still stands to this day that technically... They have first dibs on fucking Venus. Oh, my God. I, I guess I didn't know this, but do you know how big Venus is? Huh? It's pretty big, right? It's the, like the same size as Earth. I don't I know why. it was why. bigger than that. Like, it's, not by much, is, but a little bit. It's slightly bigger than Earth. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was, like, tiny for some reason. <laughs> I thought it, I pictured, like, a fucking Pluto just spinning around <laughs> the sun real quick. Dude. Well, like, Jupiter... Here, Here's a fun fact. you know how big Jupiter is? It's fucking huge, right? It's so big that at the top of Jupiter, one of the things we discovered after we started sending drones out there into space is that there is literally a perfect, I think it's a hexagon? Oh, yeah. It's like an octagonal pole. It's octagonal the weirdest pole. looking shit ever. A, a hexagon. It's six sides. Uh, yeah, you're right. So it's hexagon. I think, I I'll think look it's up a picture of hexagon it. or a pentagon. Have you seen this? But it's, no. it's fucking wild. The, the top of it, literally the top of the planet has a perfect hexagonal shape. So like a stop sign. It's a stop sign at the top of it. The best we can figure is that it's just a, uh, a series of corresponding tornadoes that basically kind of force each other into a right angled degree so it because they they've been able to demonstrate it with water and like certain kind of uh uh disruptions of the water that self kind of regulate itself into that shape where it just keeps throwing storms but other storms catch it and throw it in another direction so that just that shape that is just basically its north pole access point right that shape that you're seeing there, that little hexagon, I believe that is about the size, the surface area of, I think it was five Earths. It might have been ten, but I think it was five. And that's just, like, the top part. Right. The tippy-top North the Pole part. Oh, my God. It's the, the size of five of our planet. Yeah. And that's maybe one fiftieth of the entire planet. What a weird fucking. This was yeah. What Jupiter, right? Jupiter. Yeah. That's the one that has the rings around it, and it's it's fucking. I thought that was Saturn. Does Saturn have rings? Saturn, Saturn, has, Saturn rings. has the rings. Sorry, yeah. Is that that is Jupiter, right? That has that, or is Jupiter it Saturn? Also has rings, but they're not visible like Saturn's. Which one is that then? Is that Saturn? No, that's Jupiter that has the the, the octagonal. octagonal. Okay, it's all it's all Jupiter then. Sorry, but yeah, but that one it's it's fucking crazy. That fucking shit. What are the rings? Are they like gas? No, they're just like well, debris. It's yeah. partially gas. It's debris it's, and gas. Yeah, and it depends on the what. Whatever it's, gets it's caught in there. Gas, little rocks and asteroidal bits and all kinds of shit. But 
Doesn't Earth technically have like one ring or something? Probably. I think a lot of shit does. You just can't see it because it's not super huh. dense. Well, we have a lot of shit out in our outer atmosphere, but it's not yeah. enough to show a real. I mean, shit. If the oh. if the moon went around the Earth fast enough, it would be a ring too. Yes. <laughs> yes. The moon right, got exploded so. and turned into a bunch of little particles that got stuck in that same orbit. It would become a ring. Let's do that. Do if, we really we look at, <laughs> if, if we look at uh, Earth here... Get Earth rings! If you, it looks so cool in the it's sky. It's a really, good, it's a really good comparison. Yeah. Earth oh, yeah. and Jupiter. Just bloop. And Saturn. <laughs> and what, what are the next two after Saturn? Uranus, Neptune. They're fucking big, too. Yeah, Neptune. they're all that big. Everything pure. out past us is big. On the same uh, subject... Did you hear about the primordial black hole that might be just going around the edge of our solar system? <laughs> no. So I love it. For a oh very God, long time, like since the first observations of deep space, yeah. we've had this theory of Planet Nine. Yes. Which yes, is, I've heard of that. Because we've seen things at the edge of our solar system move in ways that they shouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. Like there's another planet out there interacting with their gravitational pull. Yeah. We think, well, a few scientists have come up with the theory that maybe it's just a really, really, really old black hole. That huh. That's why we can't see it, but it would affect the gravity of things going around it. Yeah. That'd be cool. Kind of cool. And what happens if we get sucked into it? We... Uh, I think we enter a different <clears throat> universe because that's what the Big Bang was. It was the first shit falling into the black hole that we exist in. I thought it was literally the collapse of all matter on in and on itself. Like if every black hole ever and every star collapsed, eventually they would all just suck each other up into a final like hole that would eventually collapse in and on itself, at which point all matter is in one spot. <clears throat> and eventually after it compresses at a certain point, it has to rebound and would explode outward. That's, that's what always made sense to me was it was basically just the eventual sure. collapse of all matter in the universe <laughs> and all stars sucking everything in and in and on and of themselves like until in- they... Maybe, like, ultimately. But, I, yeah. I mean, black holes do have a, a certain degree of uh, natural selection that occurs. The ones that are closer to more matter and suck more matter in get bigger. The ones that don't have anything around them never grow in size. They never okay. really do anything. They don't go anywhere. Gotcha. So, in that, to that degree, there is um, natural selection involved in the creation and uh, sustainability of black holes. That's why I think... I think every un- there's an infinite number of universes, and they all just exist within their own black hole. Yeah. I think it's the star explodes, shit falls in, and then there's the building blocks for reality. Because why would there be only fucking, like, how many elements are on the periodic table? Like, 40 or some shit? Right. Why is everything in our universe made right. of, like, 40 things? <laughs> well, how the fuck does that make sense? Yeah. And there you go. That's my theory. My brain hurts. Yeah. It's been a lot tonight. <laughs> it's been a lot, man. And plus, I mean, we know physics doesn't care whether time is moving forwards or backwards. Right. And using the correct math outside of a black hole would be reversed. So, like, say our universe is in a black hole. When we exited that black hole, time would be moving backwards for us. But <sighs> physics doesn't care. The rules are all the same. <laughs> See, we'd never be able to actually fully exit the black hole without being no, shredded you, into You wouldn't be able to pieces. even try to exit it. it just like gravity, gravity is moving faster than matter is able to keep up with. So we, your body would basically slowly stretch and stretch, and it would feel real good until the point where like it couldn't anymore, and then it would just like <laughs> pop, and then everything would slowly turn into tiny molecules. Do you know where the term faster. observable u- universe comes from? It's literally the parts of the universe we could ever see, yeah. theoretically ever. Yeah. Even at traveling at the speed of light, there is a, a point in the universe at which we would be, everything would be accelerating away from us faster yeah. than we could be traveling towards it. So there are, at a certain point in the universe, you cannot get to what you're going to. Yeah. Well, that's why part of the theory is that the Big Bang was, it's it's a full cycle and that's the whole idea of like, life and death and the universe and everything is all cyclical is that like eventually the universe will hit a certain point of expansion where there's there's no more matter it's not that there's no more room there's no more matter to stretch out anymore there's not there's nowhere there's not enough stuff to keep going so at a certain point like 
a bungee jumping band, it's going to hit its edge of elasticity. Mm. It's going to have to contract. And that's, again, going to be an extremely slow process. But by the time it hits the end, that process will have accelerated so much that I could easily see it compressing into something the size of a fucking pinhead. You know, the Big Bang. And then eventually it's going to compress so fucking much it's got to expand again. And that's going to be real fast, real hard, real heavy. And then it's going to keep going and keep going and keep going exponentially until it repeats. Rinse, wash, repeat. Rinse, wash, repeat. And that's, you know, billions upon billions upon billions upon hundreds of billions of hundreds of billions of potentially quadrillions of years who fucking knows but see i agree with certain aspects of that yeah it's it's and that's just speculation it's literally do you think there's any any possibility Mm -hmm. at all that this possible black hole Hmm. will suck us in in our lifetime no no then what are we even doing this for why are we here? <laughs> to do drugs. Why else? <laughs> to do drugs and to make Facebook money. If I, <laughs> if I have to live my life since 2011 to make Facebook money. <laughs> <laughs> if, prior to that, God fucking knows. If, 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 I, if, I have to, if I have to live out my full life and it doesn't end i like how you said if i have to live out my full <laughs> it, it doesn't life. it doesn't end by us getting I mean, sucked into a black your life hole ends now that's your full life like or... i don't know what you mean by that <laughs> whenever it's over it's over that's your full that's life. that's like but... throwing something through the air how else would you fucking throw it like <laughs> it just seems like a waste sure that's all the energy is not wasted it just changes to to other stuff that's, that's the how everything works number number one rule of thermodynamics no energy can actually be uh no i it feel can like it be created or changed or altered it can never be destroyed matter no i'm matter. saying matter. i feel like i'm i'm wasting my time if i am physically not going to get sucked into a black hole you can go for it if you want i mean <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you just built a big enough slingshot and launched yourself into space, eventually, eventually, your body if would you probably... were aimed the right in the right spot, you'd eventually hit it. <laughs> but I wouldn't even get to experience it. I would die as soon as I left the atmosphere. Isn't that the goal? <laughs> I guess it is a win-win. Technically, if uh, some of our earlier speculation about who maybe when your body is... hits the black hole, your fucking consciousness comes back into it. And... <laughs> Maybe your fucking consciousness just enters the hallucinogenic realm, flies through the black hole, and it's just waiting for your body. That's the key to eternal life. If you could send your body through the black hole, it would meet up with your consciousness. Here's what happens. It's just going to be you walking around like, come on, guys, what the fuck? Waiting for billions of years. (laughs) My worst fear is that when I die, I'll just be born again. (laughs) No, dude, me too. Dude, my, my worst fear isn't just the being born again. It's being born again without knowing. My my worst fear well, is that there's given. my worst fear is that there's something I'm supposed to do in order to not have to do all this again. But like I didn't figure it out because there's so much conflicting bullshit that I'm just gonna keep getting recycled yeah. over and over. Well, because in this it's like miserable cause, life. Cause death is like retirement, but better. It's just like it's, <laughs> it's done. Retirement where you really don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's just done, right? And that is really terrifying to think that like okay, we, you know, we serve our fucking time here and then we're. Here's a question. Dunzo. Do I enjoy anything about life? (laughs) The answer is no. This isn't, like, uniquely human either, but organisms... Even if I did, how do I know it's real and not just chemicals in my brain? (laughs) That's a good point, though. Actually, yeah, fun fact. uh, Literally everything is and everyone is drugs, so when you say drugs, that means nothing, but go on. Well, then why stop doing them? I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's ridiculous that DMT is illegal because we all have so much of it coursing through our bodies that we're all fucking holding. I, I don't like, like that anything what does that even is illegal. Like, how do you make a plant illegal? I, I look, I think that sometimes I'll look in my mm-hmm. weed grinder and be like, how are you illegal? You are leaves that I have ground up. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> well, the biggest speculation, and I, I've, at least in our country, I think it's probably true, is just that during like the 60s and 70s, certain political powers that oh, yeah. we yeah. noticed that the entire world was shifting heavily against them, and the only way that they could 
marginalize those people is to target like who does these drugs yeah hippies and black people all right make them illegal fuck it we don't want them voting because the majority of them don't like us because they're thinking for themselves yeah the person who uh did the like was the loudest voice in getting marijuana uh classified as schedule one was later convicted of fraud for the same argument yeah (laughs) that's amazing i believe that it's like it's like how the loudest people against homosexuality turn out to be fucking closeted homosexuals like, oh, yeah, really? Barista. Jerry, Jerry Falwell <laughs> Jr. was fucking being a cuckolded person on purpose? Oh, no, no shit. Really? Mike, Mike no Pence. Way. He has some suppressed sexuality? Ooh, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> of course he does. That's why he spent his whole life making a living out of screaming about how gay people are gay, and that's wrong, There's I a guess? big thing about... Yeah, gay uh, people are gay. Like, Freud. Ah! There are them. <laughs> there are them. <laughs> that, that's a big thing with, like, Freud. If you read into, like professional psychologists now believe like he was so full of shit it was all his own fucking problems that he was oh, pushing yeah. on people oh yeah like most psychologists don't like yeah. freud and also i don't think he was right it's like everybody wants to fuck their mom no that's not true at all i can just that's not suppressing that's just reality like <laughs> i don't think i don't think i do yeah i um, good on that but this way if somebody spends their whole life telling you how to be I don't want to fuck with that person, like, at all. So it's a miracle <laughs> that I still love my mom, let alone anything past that. Like, yeah. Um, fucker. Wait, there was total separation. <laughs> <laughs> Something, uh, what I was going to say is, um, it is really scary, the idea of your consciousness just kind of, like, rebooting in... In something else. In something else. Yeah. And of course, like, you're not going to know because if that were the case, then we would be aware of, like, yeah, past be, lives. Like, 40 year old dudes running around, like, I'm Marilyn Monroe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, but that is kind of, like, scary, though, because eventually, you know, when it's time to check out and you're like, wow, I should have did this sooner, like, it's finally done and you think, this is it. I should have just killed myself. I, I, I'm retiring. Uh, it's done. Imagine that, like, you wake up the next day as a as a baby who hasn't learned how to not shit itself yet. I think that's a throwback to last mm-hmm. last, last week's week. episode. <laughs> um, and you get to do it all over again. And then again and again. Yeah. I mean there's that's something fucking terrifying. There's something yeah. beautiful and terrifying about that. That's yeah. hell. Well, it is it is it's both. And I think that's that's where like the Egyptian What if that's the old ancient Egyptian If that's hell? No, no. No. That's what I was going to say what, is well, I'm, the, I'm actually I had that thought earlier. Literally the, had that the thought the idea of heaven today. and hell if if you are heaven is basically you die and then you get to stop being and hell is <laughs> if you gotta keep being. Hell, <laughs> hell is you gotta be again. Uh, I think. I think you gotta heaven, keep being until you until you be better. Heaven I is mean, the idea that like, what you... Buddhist reincarnation was like. You're punished by the tier in which you're fucking reincarnated in. It's a lot more nuanced than that, actually. But yeah, more or less, it has to do with the way that you live your life. Has to do with the way that your the the kind of uh, imprint that your spirit will leave on the next generation, and based off of the life you led, that will also influence what kind of a spirit you're imprinted upon. Uh, it's the idea of like constant creation, but since you can't destroy, it's literally that thing of right. like you can't destroy. Yeah. But uh, energy or whatever it is yeah, or yeah. stuff, it has to go somewhere. So potentially it it imprints. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily have its own. Like, if you die, your soul doesn't carry on its consciousness, but it imprints all of its existence and understanding and belief onto the next person that's created. Here's a question, and this is kind of related and kind of unrelated. How do things, like living things beyond just people, how do they know when other living things are dead versus just being still or, you know, sleeping or whatever? Because think, I I don't know if anybody here has ever seen, well, well, we won't say a dead body. Like, a, here's a good example. You're a landscaper, kind of. You understand. If you go to lavender plants and there are bees <coughs> all over it or butterfly bush or something and you cut a stem, even if it's still inside the main plant, the bees will leave it alone. How do they know it's dead? It still has the pollen. It still has the scent. still has all of the characteristics as a, of a living plant. How do they know it's dead? So... Is there an active output of something? Well, here, here's the thing. It's possible, but then think but that, of it that, the same way. Uh, okay, 
this is a really sad example, but it's true. We put my one dog down at home. Uh, I didn't, not like shot her in the face or some shit, but we had a vet come to the house and. <laughs> I would hope it. not. <laughs> but we had a vet come and, a machete? and put her down at the house, and it was yeah. a very like emotional time, yeah. but it was pretty discreet. Like, she didn't really. I mean, all she did was give her a shot, and then she. It would appear that she just kind of like fell asleep slowly yeah. and then didn't wake up. There's an after part that I'm not going to talk about, but. My other dog, Winston, was around. He was in the room when it happened, and he knew immediately. Like, she went to sleep and took her last breath, and he flipped the fuck out. Like, howling, barking, running around, like, trying to get out of the room. Like, there was nothing upsetting or even our reactions that would suggest that she had just died, but he knew before us, like, that she had left. I think dogs have a have a sense of those types of things. I think... Because cause I think, like, dogs act a certain way with, like, pregnant women. Yeah. Too, and they really shouldn't have any idea why, like, they, this they woman is just... a certain way. If you're sad, where their whole attitude just changes, if they know you just yeah, been sad. Yeah, like, had I've had nights where I'm just, like, on the phone with somebody, and whatever reason, the conversation goes from fine to just, like, depressing as shit and whatever, and immediately the dog in the room is, like, right up in my well, lap. Well, hearing my the face. tone in your voice is... A part of it too, because their hearing is, I mean, ridiculously. I mean, before, I mean, I'm saying like even before, like like somebody says something, I'm like, yeah, and that's it. That's all it is. It's just yeah, and then the emotion hits, and the next thing I know, the dog's like, bud, and you're like, and yeah, then they're up licking. Yeah, like, dog, just, dogs they, are. They just dogs. know. They're intuitive. But then there's yeah. I mean, people. I, I was can gonna tell say too. smart, but that's not it. Intuitive. Yeah, and I I wouldn't. I honestly also wouldn't be shocked if there's you know that whole. The whole literal conversation of the evening has been like other dimensions and other versions of understanding and perspective of reality. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if dogs have more sentience and awareness than we know, but maybe it's not so much a intellectual as emotional awareness that they can visualize somehow. We know they only see in black and white, but we don't know what the fuck they see. Maybe right. they, maybe like the whole thing about people's auras, maybe they actually fucking see that shit. They see a change in your your behavior and it, uh, it, through emotional expression. It could be something as simple as um, they could hear a heartbeat. That's true. Like, the, the other dog may have been able to hear but that. people can do it, too. Or even even feel small micro changes in your, your body temperature from the heart rate change and the way that you're putting out emotions or your pheromones or everything else. But people else. can do it, too. I don't know how many times you've seen something recently deceased. But you can tell. Yeah. Like, there's something different. I yes. don't have a fucking word for it, but you can tell there's just... It's lifelessness. Yeah. There's there's yeah, an, there's an unnatural there... stillness to it. Exactly. And what, that's what it is. Yeah. What is that, though? Because something can be so perfectly still that it's, like, imperceptible, but as soon as it's dead, you can tell. Maybe it's the lack of consciousness... That's what I'm getting or at. Like something has to be so. absent it's just from it, not there anymore, to be that like perceptible to well, your body or mind or whatever. Yeah, you I can't mean, put a word on it. Like I don't know what it is that makes it. Uh, like you said, it, stillness is the best way to put it. But that's yeah. not unnatural. It. So that that kind of yeah, goes it's... in a different direction from what I was going to say about like the the bees and the flowers. Yeah, I like even, what even you though, said. Even the though they could active be output was a, a good one because they probably do there's probably something coming out of them at all times and then when it gets cut it isn't and yeah that's exactly what yeah. i was gonna say it's like there could be there could be like a certain it could be a fucking sound mm. you know it could be a sound that's coming out just because oh my really, god dude, really I when mean, you look about... at it like it's a living <sighs> thing like it could be it could be like breathing and like thriving in such a microscopic way that we would never be able to see but because bees are so small that they can see that so well, they, whenever whenever that's dead and it's not doing it anymore the bee knows and they move on i was gonna say literally just ultraviolet light yeah i mean bees see yeah, in ultraviolet gone, light i guess that makes sense yeah like bees literally see in that so so if if you cut that off the second you cut off that source it may take like five seconds but they're gonna go that's not getting any life <laughs> that's as far as far as they're concerned and i don't know this is pure speculation from an ignorant mind but as far as i'm I, as they could be concerned it doesn't exist 
Like, they could look at it, and if they see through ultraviolet, and for some reason, when you cut that off from the source, if there's no, like, active uh, circulation of photosynthesis or whatever else, if that cuts off some kind of a yeah. perspective that they would see, it could just be, like, a fucking dead space, and they're like, yeah, I'm not gonna... Why would I... Why would they fly through the air to why pollinate? They waste that energy. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, no, like, it's, just, it's just like you're not pollinating in the air. You're not getting food from the air. So yeah. if you cut that off and it has no visual stimulation for them anymore because of how they see, then I could see them just avoiding it because it's there's I'm with no you. point. I'm with you. I think I just went down a little rabbit hole in my mind and was like, dead shit. <laughs> you can tell. Well, no, you can. I mean, you definitely can because there's, <clears throat> it's, I don't know, the few, the few dead, it's never been people, but the few dead things I've seen, like, yeah, there's... I've never seen a dead body. Like a person? Yeah. Not up close and personal. I've seen them in, like, film <clears throat> and stuff. I've seen them before. I've just never actually, like, been a couple feet away from one yet. Oh. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's not... I'm not... I mean... It's weird how little you react, but... Well, because I think it's not. I think it's it's because it's a natural <clears throat> thing. You're just like, ah, oh, that's just a, that's a not person anymore. Yeah. If it's something that you brutally watch somebody murder somebody, that's a different feeling. But if you just stumble across an old dead person, I, I, I wouldn't make me feel worse, but... No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. In, in general, though, like, if, if I, I feel like, yeah, there is something to it. When you see something that's not your day-to-day even if it's the subtlest difference between sleep and death i think it is something that you can perceive you can pick up on because it is it is foreign like not many of us fucking see death every goddamn day yeah like i feel like it would be more likely that a doctor could find stumble across a corpse and not know right away because they're used to seeing it to a certain extent if they work in like you know, a certain or, area. Or they would know right away because they, they know immediately because they know exactly. Seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But either, either way, yeah, there is, there is Let's a... Let's get a fucking, like, mortician <laughs> on the phone. No, yeah, one of my best friends is a mortician. Really? Yeah. You think he'd answer I right now? I listed with a guy who ended up doing that. Um, Probably not. I could text him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you up at the mortuary? What should, should, should I ask him? <laughs> well, not... Actually, not... What a dead hey, bodies look like. Hey, um... First off, how have you been? Second, Jesus. have you ever seen a dead body in the wild? Third. <laughs> in the wild? Yes. Because to, to ask him, can you tell if they're dead or not, when he works in a mortuary, <laughs> it's kind of like, they fucking better be. Well, I fucking hope so. Why are they here? It'd be worse if he's like, I'm usually not checking. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice, uh, I found out afterwards, nope. It's like, that's a, it's their job. They got to get their job right. It's not my job. <laughs> So that's the coroner, not me. Let's hope, let's hope they did their job right. <laughs> oh gosh, it's grainy and it's distant, but oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You probably remember that. I went home early from work that day, dude. That was a rough day. I could tell something was wrong. Was the I remember from there. Uh, watched him get hit by a car. Damn, he died. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Was he jaywalking? Immediately dead. Oh yeah. Deserved it. Well, like at one in the morning. One of those people just... standing around him was an EMT. <laughs> Damn. That's yeah, how you know I, it's good. I remember, I remember that day because I came into work and I like walked over to where, you know, just like our little smoking area before work and I just went up to Joe and he was just standing, leaning up against, against a tree, fucking eyes wide, just like looking around, like dead, panned. And I was just like, what's up, man? <laughs> no response. I honestly, kinda, that whole day was I, such a haze. I assumed that you didn't hear me, so I was like, Hey man, how's it going? And he literally just kind of like made quick eye contact and like, <clears> like, <throat> so, like, like gave me that little head nod and then went right back to staring at the ground. And I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna, yeah, that's gonna go about my day. And then like two hours later, Joe texted me and was like, sorry, I was really out of it. I witnessed somebody get murdered last night, basically by a hit and run. And I was like, holy fuck, dude, I'm so, no need to apologize. Yeah. That, fuck. That morning Jesus. was like a complete haze, and then I got stuck on like the it was the oh, worst fuck fucking crew. I don't <laughs> even remember the drive or like starting at the job site. I had no idea what time it was. I just remember I pulled like three weeds, and I was like, I'm gonna call JD <laughs> to yeah. fucking Adam. He's like, okay, and I fucking called him JD up and was like, hey, I need to go home, man. He's like, okay, I'll be right there. He came, we talked about it for a brief second, and then JD told me this horrific fucking story on the way back to the shop. He was so fucking awkward, dude. Like, we're, I'm dead silent, just trying to, like, kind of get my shit together to go home. And he's driving, he's like, I'm not very good with these things. This is a 
probably pretty dead on quote. He's like, I'm not very good with these things, but, uh, you know, I can relate to you. About three years ago, during a snow removal, I was trying to find a parking space, and I pulled up to what I thought was a parking space, and a bunch of people were standing there, and a dude with a gunshot wound to the back of the head. <laughs> like, oh my fuck. god. What the fuck? Yeah, apparently... uh some let him park? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually what the shooting was about. That really? dude took somebody else's parking space, and when he got out of the car, they fucking shot him. Oh my Again. Christ. Yeah, can't sh- argue that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're just out here trying to get shot, and nobody will oblige you. Dude, it, honestly, it wasn't even that I watched a dude die, because I've seen, like, I've seen car accidents with the body still in there, like, <clears throat> yeah. all right, that dude's fucked. Or, like, yeah. you'll see somebody get taken away or whatever. I've lived a lot of places, seen a lot of shit. Yeah. But, like, it was, it caught me so fucking off guard. I was going to my, uh, actually, what was I going to my car for? I don't remember. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I had my bowl and I was smoking weed on my front porch and I was like, for whatever reason, I got to go to my car. Went to my car, got whatever I was getting and I looked up and went to go take a hit and this dude was like running, went to like run across the street and he looked both ways, fucking darted and all of a sudden the, like a white Ultima goes whap and fucking nails him and he rolls like back to where he came from. Oh my I was God. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I just watched that happen. <laughs> Oh my god. Jesus. Yeah, that's there's some difference between like, oh, that guy over there's dead and like watching it happen. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's like the difference between knowing a candle was blown out 10 minutes ago and watching it get blown out it's except like, it has a real impact on you. One of my one of my coworkers um hit someone that was jaywalking accidentally and killed her. Jesus. I didn't know that. It happened like years ago. I didn't know it until a couple weeks ago. He told me about what it. What happens if you do? I mean, do you get charged? So honestly, if it it, de- it depends on if there are witnesses there. He he got nothing. Huh. Because if you if you get fucking hit jaywalking, you are at fault. Yeah. Absolutely. And and he said because there were especially at night like this. He said if if there were enough witnesses, <laughs> he said there were enough witnesses there to say that cuz basically what happened was he was it was somewhere in White Marsh. There was like multiple lanes, mm. and <clears throat> I guess shitty spot. Yeah, I guess oh. the truck had stopped to let her cross, but it wasn't a crosswalk. It wasn't a stop sign. Yeah. It wasn't inter- intersection. You just thought it was like a truck stop. A, a, a truck had stopped to let her cross, and he was in the next lane over. And because the truck was there, he didn't see anyone there. Yeah, he didn't know why the truck had stopped, and he was driving, and she came out, and he hit her, and she died. And I was like. Well, that's that's and that's the thing. I was having a, a conversation about that afterward, and I was like, honestly, like unless I was in that situation, I don't know how I'd react. I was like, I don't think I would lose any sleep over that. I can tell you how that lady reacted when she hit that dude. <laughs> she fucking walked up my road screaming. Really? <laughs> yeah, she pulled over like pretty quickly. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't think I said hit and run, but. She oh, pulled I up. Thought it, I thought it was a hit and run. I don't she know why. She pulled up like, in front of the Thai food place that's on the corner of the street I live on, and hopped out. And I'm still out front smoking because th- there's a show now. <laughs> and she comes fucking like wailing and screaming and yelling like all kinds of shit God. up all the way up to the top of the road and then all the way back down, <laughs> which oh is like God. probably three quarters of a mile. <laughs> Just walking, and then all the way back, and by then the ambulance was there, and the EMTs were like, yep, he's gone. <laughs> Did she call the police? I don't think so. Did you? No. Fuck no. I was outside the whole time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus. it was just so fucking surreal watching like her go through that, and that yeah. dude be dead, and then her like walk back down, and that whole situation play out, and I'm just like... You could die at any time. Yeah. <laughs> you can just fucking walk outside and be dead. Well, it's that whole thing. Like, just... That's the part about the whole, like, oh, your perception of reality is as limited as it is. Like, what if what if your brain, like, forgets to process the car? I remember... One day. Like, what like... if your brain forgets to process the edge of that cliff? Like, what if... Like, just, just, like, what if? Like, how the fuck do you know that everything you're seeing is what's actually there? And Even, how, like... How easy is it to miss shit so, like, one day you trip and fall and it's because you didn't see the fucking thing that was right there that you tripped on? I but because your brain just couldn't much. process all the information and data. Like, what's the likelihood of that? Probably I've, pretty fucking high. I've looked for my glasses while I was wearing them before. Does that count? Wow. I've looked my, for my phone while I was on it. 
multiple I've done times. that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh I think that's just a problem with our whole short term memory or like issues you ever... and concentration. But I, I just mean, you know, like the literal like processing of like all the data that comes in and how your brain filters most of it because it's unnecessary. Like what if yeah. it fucks up once? Like what if it what just... if your brain like forgets to tell you like, hey that bee you're allergic to is right fucking here, <laughs> motherfucker. And you well, get stung out of nowhere and die. Like, I, I don't know. That's just... called natural selection. Real, real <laughs> quick, I wanted to ask, have you ever been looking for your phone and you're like, ooh, my my ringer's on, I'll call it, and you reach in your pocket and you're like, yeah. nope, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, just at least, at least once. Yeah, I had I've one night, me and my, uh, me, one night me and my ex were fighting and I had like thrown my phone at my bed and it bounced off my bed and I was kind of drunk, and I didn't know where it ended up. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to anyone here. I do a horrible job of keeping my room clean. Mm-hmm. Same. It's usually same. just, like, piles of clean clothes that I just refuse to put away. Fucking same. And, dude, I was <laughs> I getting... I just picked up I all could, my dirty clothes, and my I could room not, was spotless. I could not find my fucking phone, and I was, like, kind of drunk, too. And I was getting so mad... And we were in the middle of fighting, so I was, like, hoping that she would text me again so I could hear it and hear where it was coming from. And then, like, she stopped texting me, and I was like, text me, you fucking bitch! And I was, like, getting so mad. And it was, like, 1 in the morning, and finally I went out to my car and got my work phone. I had to turn it on and then came back in and called uh-huh. my phone. Uh-huh. I just remember finding it, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, back to the, uh... I saw my coworker hit that woman. Um, someone I used to work with years ago. Uh, some old lady pulled out in front of him, like, uh, and he t-boned her, and she died. And he, and I worked with him the next day. He was completely unfazed, and he was like, he said it wasn't my fault. He said I'm not gonna be sad over it. He said it's unfortunate, but he's like it's not like I did anything wrong. I was driving down the road. She pulled out in front of me, and my vehicle collided with That's hers. kind of a fair assessment, because that and... inconvenienced him way more than her. <laughs> she got out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, she, it was easy for her. But that's the thing is, like like I said, you know, I wouldn't know unless I was... I, I wouldn't know unless I was in that what position. What bill does she have to pay? <laughs> I wouldn't know unless I was in that position, but I feel like if if that were to happen to me, if I were to hit someone who, like, pulled out in front of me or hit someone that tried to run across the road in front of me and they died, I'd be like, okay, um, does Geico pay for my bumper? Do I have to pay for it? Does her family pay for it? Like, yeah. well, she's not paying her insurance policy anymore, so. <laughs> like, who's yeah. who's going to fix my car so I can go about my life? Because yeah. you I was just trying life. to fucking go to work. Now you I got to call my boss and tell him that I someone just... Someone, Someone just, just died, died on my vehicle. My car. <laughs> Someone just died on my car. They decided the hill to die on was my car, <laughs> and they did it. But yeah, I, I just honestly, I don't feel like I would. I've heard really care. Um, almost the opposite from uh, a friend of mine that hit a deer recently. It did four thousand dollars worth of damage to the front of his <laughs> Ford Focus. Oh my god! Because those headlights are eight hundred dollars a piece. Oh, fuck Christ. That. And uh, he said the worst part of it, really hands not. down, was that the deer didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember, I actually, this is the last thing I'll say, because I'm pretty sure there's no way to salvage any of this, right? Redacted. Time is a construct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tyler, good luck with that. Who the fuck knows how we're going to do this, but either way of uh, editing aside or whatever, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, joining us on this weird... <laughs> That's going to be great. It's just going to be like this long conversation, then something about Venus, and then just all of a sudden the end, and we're at a completely different tone. <laughs> all like... of a sudden, redacted. Redacted. More tired and fucking... <laughs> Remember, folks, wishes can come true. <laughs> but only when you don't care. <laughs> Out of context. Enjoy that. Oh, God. <laughs> Wish for this podcast to end. Who knows? Uh, They're wishing it, too. They are, but You've it's... have already turned it not, off. It's not the wish that's going to come true, unfortunately. God, we don't uh, do live streams. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. 
Thank you so much for joining us, listener, uh, on this week. Hopefully you enjoyed the little bit about Venus that we promised you from last week and the massive amount of psychedelic bullshit that we it's talked like about. It's one minute the... of the fucking hour. <laughs> yeah, the, rest, the rest that was lost from this episode. But uh, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, be sure to tune in next week for some more stuff about things. And uh, you can, uh, you know, follow some of us on social media. You can follow me at the John Henry on stuff and places. And you can't follow Joe, but that's part of the mystery. You can follow me home. home if you like. Oh, you can follow. You can follow him home. <laughs> if you could find out where I live, you could follow him home from there. And you can, of course, follow uh, Tyler over here at Quaalude Charlie and uh, Buzz has a Woody on Twitter and Instagram. You can fi- follow Tyler home, but then you have to find him in all his laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's going to get redacted, too. <laughs> no, you, you keep that. Keep all of this stuff out of context. It's perfect. But I actually changed it. Oh, yeah. It's at Grampy the Mammoth. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> that is the best troll I have ever fucking... <laughs> you can follow Tyler at Joe's old handle, Grampy the Mammoth. Oh, oh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, not Facebook. Not Facebook. Who gives a fuck about Facebook? I'm gonna get like your one crazy fan fucking. I heard that one episode and I came looking for your Instagram because I just have to reach out about <laughs> the dirty laundry. And fucking. You're gonna get his one fan and you're also gonna get a buttload of the sciatica. Really, I don't have any of Tyler's things, but I can send you a picture of it. <laughs> Redacted. Oh, so much. That's